Welcome to Secrets from the Saddle podcast. I'm Sylvie Daou, your host, fellow cyclist, bike club founder, cycling coach, bike race junkie, just truly super passionate about cycling. My journey with cycling started 20 years ago when I opened a spin studio, started a women's race team, and founded a women's only cycling club called Cycle Fit Chicks. I'm super thrilled to reveal all aspects that make the world of cycling operate. I'm so excited to be able to bring you interesting people from around the world, pro cyclists, recreational cyclists, coaches, event organizers, bike shop owners, everything and everyone you need to know or ever wondered about when it comes to cycling. I know you'll enjoy this episode. All right, guys, we have a super cool interview today with a gentleman, and his name is Noel Dolentalis. Noel is an inventor and the founder and CEO of A Normally Constructs. I love it. Father of two boys and married to the love of his life, Amy, Noel quit his job of 20 years as a senior software executive to follow his passion and launch a cycling brand in March of 2022. Debuting the Switch Grade, the world's first independent saddle angle adjuster. In just a few short months, the patent pending switch grade has captured the attention of global riding community with sales in over 30 countries, promising to introduce a new paradigm in cycling comfort, performance and safety. And we are going to be talking to him today. I'm super excited. I got my mountain bike in the background. You are going to want to catch this on YouTube because he is going to be showing some us some of the products that he has created um, as we conduct the interview. So if you've been watching this or if you have one or if you're considering, you're going to want to watch this podcast on YouTube. Uh, so make sure that you go to our new YouTube channel. You can Google Secrets from the Saddle podcast. It'll plop you there. Make sure you subscribe and put the notifications on so you don't miss an episode. We have two episodes a week. I have coaching for winter cycling going up there now. And you definitely want to take a look at Friday's podcast episode with regards to getting yourself set up for winter training and how to do it properly so that you come out as a faster cyclist at the end and not a burnt out and tired one. So I hope that you enjoy this episode. I'm certainly really excited about talking to him and learning more about this. I was super intrigued when I saw it on Instagram and uh, maybe I can get one to test out as a female mountain biker, but we'll see. So. Hold on and let's get into the podcast episode, shall we? All right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of Secrets from the Saddle, all things cycling podcast with your host, Sylvie Deu. And we have a super, really cool interview for you today. I did mention that you should be watching this on and catching it on our YouTube channel because we might have some cycling demos uh, from Noel. So we have Noel Dolotanis, and he is in Richmond, BC. So an amazing, woo woo, Canadian human. Um, yeah. 
I'm in Ottawa, so on the other side. And he is the inventor and founder and CEO of Anomaly Constructs. Welcome, Noel, to the podcast. Great. Thanks for having me, Sylvie. Happy to be here. I am so excited that you accepted my invitation like you have no idea. So we have an amazing like Noel's going to be we're going to be talking so much about his um, his patent that he's come out. But before we get into all the fun stuff, let's hear from Noel. How did you get into cycling and how did it lead you to leave your job and start this company? Wow. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I know. Ah, yeah. So maybe I'll stick with the practical bits because I could probably go back to like when I was two, but oh. I don't, I don't <laughs> like one. everybody does. It's okay. <laughs> but really what kind of spurred my interest uh, or let's say reinvigorated my interest in mountain biking, I really got to have, I have to credit my, uh, one of my best friend's brothers who kind of brought, brought it back into the fore. We went riding up in Whistler and one day and I think we were on, I was on a rented bike and um, just kind of relearning the, the freedom that you get from being on a bike and what was possible up steep slopes and then going down steep, steep slopes. And before then, you know, I just thought of biking as more of like a commuting type of thing to do, piddling around neighborhood. But I instantly fell in love with the sensation of riding up and then more so riding down. And that was probably in around uh, 1992. So I'm kind of showing my age. <laughs> but, but quickly after that, I was just obsessed with the sport. And I have been since then. Um, yeah, I, I'm kind of a bike fanatic. I'm sure my wife can attest to that by the number of bikes we have in our garage. Yeah, uh, and being in BC, it's kind of a, you know, a cycling mountain biking mecca. Yeah, yeah. It's like exactly. Quebec. No. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's right. That's right. A bit over here. So, yeah. so that being said, like, how did you dis like, how did you so first of all, share with us your um, patent, like what we're going to be talking about today? Okay, so what we've come up with is if I can show you guys really quickly, very quickly, this is actually this is a prototype of the next version of this. So what we've come up with is a, an independent saddle adjuster called the switch grade. So really the premise behind it is it allows you to change the angle of your saddle um, up or down. So that way when you're going up a steep hill, rather than, than um, sliding off the back and uh, prematurely fatiguing your arms, your legs and your torso, this allows you to flatten the saddle up so that you don't have to work as hard and you just basically spin up. And then once you get uh, to the top and you're ready for the descent, you flip it back around and, um, and it changes the saddle angle again for a better position for downhilling. But I can run through a, a demo. I've got a bike right behind me here, but maybe if you want, Sylvia, we can save that for another part. But, but um, yeah. Oh, we're was... gonna need the demo. I oh. want the demo. Oh, well, we could to... do that in a second, but yeah, keep telling us about how, how you decided that this was um, something that you needed to create? Yeah, good question. So, so that will bring us back to, oh, I'd say the mid 90s. 
And um, so my, my entry and foray into mountain biking kind of went just the same as I'm sure a lot of guys. I went from a full-on hardtail. Yeah. Um, I think my first bike that I bought with my own money was a Calgary brand, which I don't think is around anymore. It's called uh, Tech. And, uh, and I love that bike, fully rigid, but it did everything I needed it to do. And also I didn't know any better. So to me, it was the best bike in the world. Yeah. Uh, and then of course, luckily it was, it was a great time. I'm sure Sylvia, if you're riding around then technology was constantly changing. Mm. And, um, slowly we got into suspension yeah. and this breaks didn't come to later. But one thing that was constant especially if you live here in BC and the types of trails that we do here, uh, everything starts first with horrific climbs, like horrendous, horrendously long climbs. And, and I remember talking about it once on a, on a forum, I think probably MTBR. And, and I just kind of assumed that was the case for everybody. And I couldn't, I couldn't believe the amount of feedback that I got and questions where everyone was saying like, where is this magical place that the, you have to climb 30, <laughs> 40 minutes, but then you have like an, an hour and a half of descending. Where is that? Where is that? And, um, and you're like, no, this is not happening to me. This yeah. sucks. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, you know, so, so, but that was the reality of our riding here. Everything here, you're yeah, yeah. at least a 30 minute climb to get to the goods. And we're talking um, sometimes pretty moderate grades of nine degrees, but sometimes upwards of 20. 25 that's that's hard enough nine percent when you're it's, doing it for like 30 minutes <laughs> yeah, right so what happened was fast forward to probably i'd say around 90 97 98 um when we were starting to ride downhill bikes and that's when it was like full-on 50 pound downhill bikes yeah. full armor full face helmets and everything else and of course we were pushing those big behemoths up but sometimes we would have to pedal sections and that's when the idea first came to me was like oh man this this really sucks i'm sliding off the back of my saddle this is is already hard because it's a heavy bike and it's it's pitchy and i said why why just why couldn't we just i wish there was a way i could just tilt my saddle up and that's literally when i sketched the first uh, drawing back in 1997 yeah. And I sat on the idea since then. <laughs> Whoa, yeah. that's like, yeah, yeah. I mean, 20 years. Yeah. I, I look back at those drawings now and they're pretty rudimentary, but they at least the, the idea stuck with me. And that's uh -huh. how I, I think of inventions as I, I let it ruminate, let it incubate for a long period of time. And if it still sits well with me after so-and-so time, then it's likely uh, that we'll do a little bit more research, but. But that's really what kind of gave rise to this one. Yeah. <laughs> so it it marinated for like twenty years. You're like, you know, what? I should really uh, go yeah. back and check that out and see it's because true. because like now, like I just actually got back into mountain biking after almost twenty years because uh, I started mountain biking, you know, in the '90s, late '90s. I got my first hardtail. I still have it. I did a lot of racing, well, adventure racing and uh, 24 hours. I did a couple of those. And then I migrated to the road bike, which was yeah. to train for the mountain bike. But then I'm like, I'm just going to stay with the road bike because I don't need to go anywhere to do it. And 
And then, so I picked it up again this year. And of course, you know, you show up with, with your older bike and, and you start checking out all the new technology. I mean, it's been 20 years, right? You see what's been coming, but, oh, yeah. but you actually, I mean, you, you see what's, what other women are riding. You're like, oh, so, but, but I noticed that some women have dropper posts. Mm-hmm. So what is the difference between, and this is maybe where the demo is going to come in. Cause I've, I've seen some ladies use their dropper posts. Yeah. I'm like, oh, that's interesting. Cause I'm usually the one hanging off my back, <laughs> my arms like this, my bump, yep. you know, <laughs> bouncing off the back wheel. Um, yeah. But, you know, I've, I was used to that and it, it worked, but what, what is the, what is the difference between the dropper post and your uh, angler? Good question. So the, um, the dropper post really just controls um, axial movement along a, like a horizontal plane. So if you look at this dropper. Yeah. Yeah. It's just like. Just goes up and down, uh-huh. which is an amazing invention and arguably probably the best invention that mountain biking has seen in the last 15 years. And the benefits there are, you know, that uh, most obvious is when you're climbing up, it, put, it allows you to have uh, longer leg extension and um, makes it easier for climbing. And then of course it scoots your saddle completely out of the way when you're going downhill, which yeah. is really cool. The one thing that it, it doesn't address, and this is where our product comes in, is with rotational movement, angling this way, because the saddle only applies, uh, or the dropper only applies you know, movement up and down. But yeah. We add this, that has been the missing link in terms of comfort, uh, biomechanical efficiency, uh, safety, and everything else. And, um, you know, it's it's an interesting thing because, you know, anytime you come into the market, uh, whether it's biking or any kind of market with anything new, you're always going to be met with some resistance. And a lot of that comes from the lack of knowledge. um, Mm -hmm. They just don't know, I'm sure. Person that came up with a microwave was probably met with criticism. Person that made the TV. I'm sure there's, there's, there's a, a case that is on all of these things. And likewise with us, you know, trying to um, share with people that there is a new paradigm, there's a different way to ride, but we don't want to say there's a better way. Although I, I would like to say there is a better way. <laughs> it makes it better. <laughs> yeah, it makes it better. Yeah. But we try to challenge people's thinking and, and accepting that there's there is a different way of doing it. Now, the, the good thing that supports it is there's a lot of science now that has come up and talked about the, the benefits of, of uh, saddle tilt and its, its um, enhancements towards uh, biomechanical efficiency, as I mentioned, mm-hmm. uh, safer and, and all that too. And, and I, I, won't, um, I won't profess to be any kind of a, you know, biomechanical expert, but we're lucky that we have quite a number of them as our customers and ambassadors. So they would do a much better job of explaining that than I would. Um, I'm just here and I use it because it, it works. That's, that's all I know. <laughs> I know. It's got to work pretty well. So yeah. Noel, can you um, give us a demo? Sure. Because you know what? One of the things that I've always 
and I'm actually struggling with right now is the saddle on my gravel bike. And I don't know if this could help. Uh, but so, because I, I don't know, I'm not having a good time, you know, um, yeah. over long distances. And I was thinking about that because, you know, it's always like it's supposed to be level and that's the way you set it up and then it's up and down. And, and I'm like, ah, you know what? I don't think so. I need to angle it yes. differently. Um, so what do you think about that? Yeah, yeah, definitely. So when we first launched this product, uh, we have a huge laundry list of features and ideas that we want for different different versions of switch grade uh, mm -hmm. but in the interest of getting things out the door quickly we had to cut down and just just get something launched right but definitely and of course maybe this is um born more from my bias and the fact that i ride mostly uh enduro and free ride style uh riding mm -hmm. Uh, but yeah, the first iteration is geared more towards it. But we even now, as it is, uh, in fact, actually, I just shared a post from one of our customers, uh, Barry LaChapelle, who is the owner of Bike Gear Database, and his site and uh, what he talks about is all about bike packing, which is oh. again, yes. So these yeah. are all very close disciplines. Uh, so I guess all that, uh, just to say that we're looking at uh, different ver uh, versions of the switch grade to, to match the variety of sub-disciplines that we have in the sport, for sure. And oh. uh, gravel, we've been speaking with some gravel people, but we, you know, with anything, we always want to make sure that we get the requirements right. So yeah, yeah we're, we're going to take our time with that and, and make sure we do. I know everybody's like, can you make it for this? Can you make it for that? You're like, you have no <laughs> every day that's what we get bombarded with this is like can you make it work with this this seat post and what about can you do this but you know that's oh. been one of the most fascinating things if i can share with you too sylvie like yeah being a bike nerd and being a uh, an inventor is something you know that's always something i've been wanting to do and and i can't i can't tell you one of the most rewarding parts of this journey has been um uh, i don't want to say that i've inspired this but but what inspires me is people come up to me come come up to me and say oh my god i had that same idea i just didn't know how to do it and here's and they're sharing their concepts uh with me and so it, it's just put me in touch with some incredibly passionate writers and people that have their own ideas uh -huh. um, whether it's a same similar kind of invention or others, but it's just been, I love it. It, it really makes my job uh, something special. It's great. So is your background as in, well, I know your background is a software executive, but is your background engineering? Nope, not at all. Mine is in uh, marketing. Actually, I took, I uh, helped a software startup, uh, well, early stage startup company. And we grew it from a single office to 13 offices worldwide. But yeah, I took care of our sales and our marketing globally. Uh, but, you know, I've always been very inquisitive and I learned very early on. Um, sometimes I wish I had pursued an engineering degree instead because I love to tinker and I've been making things since I was a kid. And, you can and, still go back to school, no? No, I'm just kidding. Uh, you know, uh, 
funny. I've been thinking about it, but I don't know. These gray hairs might have something to say about that. <laughs> you can but, go back as a professor. Now, this yeah. is how you take a product and market it and get it done. And to yeah. pro- So I, who I have you been working with to create your this, the seat post? The So what I was doing was when while I was still working um, at, uh, at my, my day job, things uh, I'd get together with an, a local engineer who, again, it was great because we were both in very, um, at the same sort of stages of our sort of careers. I had just, was, was uh, of course I had this idea and he was just starting his own consulting business. So I said, oh, okay, can you take on a new project and, and let's work on this together. And uh, yes, we sort of did. I hired him on as our first contractor and we worked on, I think we all together, we probably created around seven or eight different prototypes. And this spanned over a period of nearly three years. Wow. And it wasn't until, um, wasn't until 2019, I think, that we decided to bring because you know after a while your creative juices like we're, what how, how the iterative process goes is you you make a, a working concept prove it out make sure that it works in the field test it and then try to break it make some refinements and then it it gives rise to new ideas and different mm-hmm. things and we reached a certain point where both of us were feeling a little bit fatigued and exhausted and our creative juices weren't quite there so we thought to bring in a third person and uh i'm so glad that we did because the person we brought on board uh was a uh, is a an industrial designer and and is just a genius he's he's an amazing person and um and i'm happy to have him as our as our lead lead designer so we quickly took the base concepts and and uh we reshaped it into its current incarnation so okay the biggest challenge is in trying to make something like this and this is a common maxim that you'll hear in in the bike uh industry is you know when you're trying to make anything when you think about it you're trying to make a bike um strong you're trying to make it light and these are competing requirements Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that's why the going joke always is uh it's cheap affordable and strong pick two that's basically how it is and that's why when people ask why it took three years to develop something like this this combines the hardest of these things at least in my opinion because you you while free riders and enduro guys aren't really weight concerned with weight as much still you know we don't want things to weigh like you know a pound so yeah as much functionality and utility into something that only weighs about 170 grams and and yet still withstand the um the rigors and uh, you know the abuse that mountain bike has yeah. been out. It's, it's been it was oh yeah you don't want your saddle breaking off that's for sure yes yeah you know, like cheap yeah. or hardy you know, like durable like what do you, where do you want yeah that's right that's right and especially here you know like we've got some I don't know. Have you ever ridden out here, Sylvie? Or have you seen the... No, I have not. There's some pretty scary stuff here. Right? I've heard. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm sure there is. Yeah, there's some amazing 
riders and the terrain is their is their canvas and the stuff the guys are doing here is just insane ridiculous yeah that's why i feel you know i'm always trying to duck our ambassadors because and our customers who are inviting me out for a ride i'm like i want to keep my hands and my collarbone and my I've broken enough bones. I've broken a yeah. lot of bones, actually. Uh, my nose, my ankle, my leg. Yeah, it's not well, all. I'm just going to cycle with my kids until yeah. I can't. <laughs> so can you show us how you put that on your C-post? Because I'm looking at it as you're holding it up, and I'm like, I see the two, two prongs, like where you put this the, yeah. Yes. Yeah, so what I can show you is it's really quite simple. Um, actually, I don't have another. Oh, here. Hold on one second. Yeah, because that. Uh, Noel's going to get his other C post. So hang tight, everybody. Okay. So yeah, here you go, Sylvie. So here's. Okay. Uh, perfect. Yeah, here's a, uh, a standard. Here's a C post. And what you'll see here is, and this is this was um, probably a good way for me to explain to you also uh, what made this so difficult was we made the switch grade compatible with most popular dropper posts out there. Not just one, but I think in total, I think we're up to around 30 and counting different C posts. Wow. The hardest part about that is if you look closely at a C post, um the radius is different yeah hold it up like right where it's in yeah right there, there Good. You go. so you can so, see the yeah the, so the radius here is different from post to post the the two little apertures here the two mm -hmm. holes here, the spacing with these can also be very different in some cases some seat posts have, and this one doesn't but sometimes they'll have a cartridge to accommodate uh, or sorry a uh, air shaft to accommodate a cartridge um you have to look at depth you have to look at the bolt the angles there's like oh my gosh i know i have a bunch of different ones and some i hate oh yeah like working with and some i are really easy and it, i'm like i don't know it, who designed these seat posts like because you, you need like two people to put them on sometimes i'm like yeah, or like yeah. multiple tools yeah yeah you're right <laughs> The good news is what we try to tell people is that with the switch grade, it's like a 90 second installation. And so really all it is, is comprised of two bolts, front and back. Yeah, hold it up. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, perfect. And so the good thing is we've retained the ability to have micro adjustments. So all you need to do is you use a four, four millimeter hex key and that can control the, the finite yeah. more micro movements, we call it. And what the switch grade does is it controls what we call the, the macro movements. So with the switch grade, you have three different positions. You have the neutral position, which you can call, we just say it's the base, so the neutral position. Yeah. And then when you're ready to climb, it starts going uphill. You can tilt it forward and that tilts it down 10 degrees. Oh. Yeah, and then once you hit the, the descent, you slam it into a downhill mode and there it goes. But I can show you how to do that on the bike. It's probably a better way of. Yeah, understanding. please. Because yeah, sure. I'm thinking like, I don't, do you take your hands off your handlebars to do that? 
Yes, you do. So that's one of the things that it's, you know, at first it seems like a pretty scary proposition to take your hands off. Yeah. And, uh, and I can attest to that. I know very early on, my very first dropper post was one of the hand actuated ones. And that was pretty scary. The good news with the switch grade is it's not unlike a drop post, which you will activate several, several times uh, uh, per ride. The switch <coughs> Essentially, arguably, you only do it twice. You do it before a climb, and then you keep it that way all the way for the climb. And right. then once you're ready to descend, <coughs> then you switch it back to descend mode, and, and that is it. So you don't ah. you really do it when you're either stationary and off the bike, or, or um, um, when you're traveling at low speeds. We don't mm -hmm. recommend ever doing uh, switching up when you're going at speed that's that's <laughs> a <pretty> scary thing <laughs> yeah because so it's it's just like preparing yourself for the hill yes. you change your gears you adjust your saddle and you get in before the hill 100 percent, exactly so once we explain that to people then I'm, oh okay now I, I get it because and yet I say that, but I've gotten so used to it because I've been, I've been using it for well over a year mm -hmm. uh, now. And so I can do it um, on the fly and I have no problems, but I, that's because I've mastered it. But um, yeah, here, yeah. Sylvia, I'll quickly show you. If you don't yeah, mind. let's do it. So this is my wife's bike. I don't know if you can see that. Let me move this out of the way here. Got my wife's banshee. bike. Banshee. That's a banshee, another uh, Canadian. Canadian made bike. But, really? Uh, where is that in Va Vancouver? I, I, to be honest with you, I can't even remember now. Um, huh. I've never seen that brand. Now it's going to bug me, but uh, yeah, that's, it's a <laughs> brand. But uh, they make beautiful bikes. This is a Spitfire uh, V2, so it's a few years old, but still, I, you know, I'm a sucker for raw raw bikes. Um, yeah. Here's here's what we've got. This is. Again, my wife's ride and how you typically do it. So I guess I mentioned to you, it's got three positions. And you can see one of the things that we did here too. Mm. We, if you can hear that, clicking, yeah. we, we purposely built that haptic feel and that haptic sound to, um, to let a rider know that it, it's engaged properly. So it's right. quite there's a very strong portion spring in there. So, so again, uh, the premise behind this uh, two, can we go? Let's do that. <laughs> yeah. Is if you're riding on flat or undulating terrain, you can just leave it in the, the middle position here, uh, the base position. And, uh, and again, depending on the configuration or the shape of your saddle, your own preferences, your bike seat tube angle, uh, you could have your base setting set at either zero or like for myself, my personal bike, I leave it at a negative four degree tilt already because at negative four, it already addresses some of the more moderate hills. And then I reserve the climbing for really steep pitches. For my wife, we more or less leave it fairly flat. Right? So again, the, the premise here is when she's ready to climb, you have your saddle extended full full length, and you're going to raise the bike up a little bit to simulate. So now you can see if the bike is angled, what happens is as the, the bike lifts up, 
to meet the grade, so too does your saddle. And so the negative aspect of that is it does quite a number of things. What it does is it closes your hip and your torso angles, which means that's the reason why you have difficulty breathing when you're climbing, because you're closing everything up. Yeah, you're compressing everything. Yes. And then now you're because of that, your now your weight transfer is more biased towards the rear, which again, you're now you're choose you're having to choose between keeping traction on the front wheel or driving traction to the back. Now, the common sensation you have if you climb like this is you're going to feel like you're pulling wheelies, which Mm is horrible. And that's when you have to constantly do this rocking motion to try to find find, uh, some kind of peace and comfort. Um, The other thing that this does is it, as you can see with the nose being pointed up where it is, you can imagine what that does to your sensitive bits. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. This is the whole reason why, because what that does uh, for men, it, it really hits the penile arteries and the, the perineum coming to, to both. And that's what, the reason why you have numbing and discomfort and, uh, you know, uh, yeah, just general, it sucks. <laughs> yeah. What happens when you use a switch grade is it just flattens it up. So now, instead of sitting on the nose of the saddle, yeah. now you can sit where you should be sitting. It's flat. You're no longer sliding mm-hmm. off the back. It mm-hmm. rises your weight distribution between the two wheels. So now you are simultaneously driving, uh, driving uh, traction. Your legs. The rear wheel, yeah. On every yeah. stroke. And the front also stays down. And uh, then that's really it. The simple. Yeah, I can see that. I can see like, is it you're you're bending over, you're allowing yourself instead of like this, like sitting flat, you're allowing yourself to straighten up and bend over and that body distribution over your bike. Yep. Exactly. So that's the biggest boost. And again, still, you know, um, and again, I'll, I'll share with you my my first thinking was this would be uh, the biggest benefit would be for climbing, but because we have so many uh, like free riders and uh, enduro racers, they they love it for the the downfall position. So let me just mm-hmm. read this again here. Uh, <clears throat> unfortunately, I don't I, I don't have uh, <laughs> a basement to show this, but oh, this, <laughs> that's this, okay. So now all of a sudden you're going downhill and similarly, all it does is really just keeps the saddle flat. So let's say you're ready for the downhill, you slam your seat post all the way down and that's when you flip it into the downhill mode. So you can see as you're going downhill, what that does is it moves the, the rear of the saddle away from, again, away from your sensitive bits. And mm-hmm. And it's a much better position for if you look at any of the uh, if you look at any of the pro downhill riders, you'll notice that they have their saddles positioned like this. If you look at um, any of their uh, you know, the UCI World Cup racers, uh, um, enduro riders. And even dirt jumpers and slope style guys, you'll notice that their saddles are like this. And the reason for that 
is again, there's a safety aspect because it, it shields, uh, you, you don't want to get your shorts cut up or anything cut up on here, especially yeah, yourself. Yeah. Uh, but it also what it does is it allows you to steer with your inner thighs and your knees. So especially let's say if you're in the air or if you're descending down something pretty gnarly, you, what you do is you use this as a, an additional steering device between your thighs. And it really oh, okay. you carve with a lot more precision. Uh, so yeah, this essentially gives you the, the best of best of climbing and the best of descending. And yeah, that is super cool. Yeah. Okay, hold on. Just for me, I'm gonna have you adjust that saddle up and down, and I'm just gonna take a quick little. All right, are you ready? Okay, go. All right. There you go, and again, and oh, and the then three positions. Yeah, there. there. Three positions. Perfect. Excellent. Yeah. All right. So now you are mentioning because I'm a woman um, that um, a lot of female mountain bikers are yeah. gravitating to that, and um, I can see the benefits. But tell us about that um, conversation that you had with a cycling coach. Yeah, in Virginia. Again, um, you know, again, uh, you know, we tried to do as much research into this uh, with uh, as far as uh, product research and also speaking with actual riders. And it wasn't until I spoke to uh, a gentleman by the name of Harlan Price, who is a coach, and he's the owner of Take Aim Cycling based out of Virginia, um, Virginia. And he shared with me, and it was an eye-opener for me, he said that he, he recommends uh, negative tilt. This is prior to the invention of our product, but he shared with me that he recommends to some of his female uh, customers to tilt the saddle of their, uh, tilt their saddles down for that very reason, to take the pressure off their, you know, the, sensitive areas, sensitive region. And our lady parts. Yeah. Lady parts, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and I just, I don't know, maybe being, uh, I just. Did your even, wife have any feedback on that? She's like, this is great. <laughs> she, I think, you know what it is, is because as, um, uh, oh, Sylvie, can you hang on one second? We have somebody yeah. really quickly. Yeah. This is live, sorry. <laughs> Well, that's the fun stuff of working at home. We have to take deliveries here. So that uh, was something we were expecting. Um, yeah, sorry about this, Lily. So what, okay. it, what I was saying was, um, yeah, I, I think my wife, just like so many of us, we just accept that climbing sucks and it hurts. And, and it you, hurts, yeah. You numb it. And it's the bike shorts and it's this and it's that. and Yeah, so you generally just expect it, but you don't. Many of us don't think about what they're going through. They just kind of do. They just expect it. Yeah. Accept it. Uh, but yeah, it wasn't until Harlan pointed out that I, I didn't really realize that women 
apparently have it, could potentially have it even worse than men. So I was coming from a place of experience because I was one of those people that used to suffer um, uh, lower back pain climbing, like uh -huh. lower back pain and also uh, numbing in the uh, you know, perineum as well, perineum. And, uh, and that was sort of the impetus behind that. But when Harlan brought that up for women, that was a huge eye-opener for us too. And, and since then, yeah, we've had quite a number of uh, female customers uh, coming up to us. So it's, it's been nice. It's been a nice thing. You know, it might not just be the saddle. Maybe it's just the positioning of the saddle. Because I know, um, like, a lot of women talk about, you know, trying you know, half a dozen saddles to try and find the best one. And maybe it's just the angle. Um, and I know, like I was mentioning to you that I was having some issues with my gravel bike and I had to change the saddle. So I know that um, I, I take a certain size, like a 53 centimeters, yeah. I think it is. So um, I have it on my road bike and I love it. Like I have no problems. Um, and I'm like, man, I need that saddle on everything else. And, you know, and I'm like, um, and so I, I put one on there, but I'm like, oh, it's still like not feeling very happy after right. a long ride, like, yeah. you know? And so, and then I'm like, and I never, th I would never thought of angle because I was going to go over there and I was gonna be like, is it level? Cause you know, we always get the little level and like is the level. Cause that's what we know as coaches or, or bike setups that, um, but never thought of the angle. Cause I always thought that that was like, oh, it was angled. So now I need to level it out, mm. go back to that. So yeah. maybe it is a slight angle forward that I need to, to do with the saddle. Yes. Yeah. Actually, I'm glad that you bring that up because yeah. it brings to mind a couple of things. Again, you know, part of the our, our challenge is educating people. And uh, one of the things that, that uh, I realize is, is the reason why people, uh, or one reason why people might not think of adjusting saddle is because most of the bikes that they purchase off the shop floor, it's already, mm -hmm. a lot of people are it already is, is comfortable leaving the shop floor with a flat saddle and they don't think anything of it. Yeah. So that's one of the aspects of it. The, the neat thing to consider, and I forgot to mention, is when you're using the switch grade, uh, is it also steepens the seat angle. So it gives you variable uh, angle adjustment from a, um, uh, so in mountain biking, for example, C-tube angles is a big thing. Uh, because it really dictates your position on the bike and having the ability to to steepen things even like a single degree is a world of difference so that's what it does as the switch grade rotates forward it's akin to moving um it's akin to moving your saddle forward 10 millimeters and raising it right so it's in one fell swoop it's it's like having four aft adjustment and also mm -hmm. at the same time, because if you can imagine it moves along an arc. Mm -hmm. So you have the, the benefits of both of those things, but uh, in the convenience of just, you know, kind of tilting on a pivot. But yeah, I, I like that because then I was thinking, you know, if I tilted 
and we were just talking about how complicated it can be to even adjust your saddle forget mm-hmm. about like you know wanting to take your saddle on and off and making it perfect again but this yeah. is great because like if you adjust your saddle I'm like okay it was great for that ride but it sucks for this ride yeah. um and you know and then you're like oh my god I don't want to get into you know doing these adjustments all the time I like that option of being able to adjust it because gravel riding you do get into some longer steep climbs if you're you know attending events or even if you are riding you know regularly because you know around here in the Gatineau Park you can take your gravel bike in there and do some fairly steep rides as well as your mountain bike um I like that I like that option actually it's you know it makes you think about that and I think more women would actually consider putting that on you know their bike so that they do have that option yeah yeah it seems to be it seems to be happening now so it's it's pretty cool yeah Yeah. so how much does it cost to get one of those and do you have a special for two because everybody has more than one bike (laughs) you are super super right so yeah (laughs) Uh, on the on the subject of cost, it's not. It's I'll admit it's not cheap. Like we sell these for two forty five US, and a lot of that has to do with the fact that we, again, you have to imagine that we we launched this product uh, during like the pandemic. yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. it, it came out. We we've been working on it a long time, but we decided to formally launch it. Um, we we did the pilot project last year, which again. Um, Again, that was a funny story in itself, and that we were we were kind of rushed along for faster mm-hmm. than we originally planned because the media took to it and just started spreading all kinds of uh, um, yeah, just talking it up. And I was like, "Whoa, this is this is taking off yeah. faster than we had planned." I didn't have to do any marketing. <laughs> yeah, okay, we got to turn our house into a factory, unfortunately, yeah. <laughs> um, which is essentially what we've had to do. But um, oh, I forgot where I was going with this. You you had to turn it around uh, pretty quickly, and yeah, so we're going with cost, right? So oh yeah, so cost. Yeah. One of the things was, uh, and I can again I can share this from a um, from a founder's point of view is you know we assumed that that having these made offshore would be the best option, although you know I, I'm. I wanted to keep things as Local. close as possible, but we also had to look at it from a um, fiscally responsible, financially responsible point of view. And in the end, we just decided to keep our supply chain as close to home as possible. So we actually have these machined out of uh, Whistler, BC. Oh, cool. About an hour and a half away from us. And uh, we couldn't be any happier with our, our suppliers are, are great. The guys at uh, North Shore Billet are the ones that put these together for us. And uh, the machine here, cut from 7075 aluminum and 6061 aluminum. Um, and yep, yeah, then we assemble them all here. We get them anodized all locally. And then we assemble them. Oh, no way. You do assemble at home. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. This, this is as micro startup as it gets. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> but it has been stunning. Uh, but yeah, so we sell these uh, for 245 US, 284 uh-huh. Canadian, 
And uh, yeah, we do actually offer a discount for, for people that buy two, because funny enough that you should ask that. that was <laughs> that we surveyed very early on when, when uh, again, because of my, my background in marketing, which also encompassed market research, uh, I kind of I nerded out big time into that stuff. And, and one of the things that kind of blew my mind was the average number of bikes the household has. So, so Sylvie, let me ask, like, how many do you have? I've got three down in yeah. my basement. So... <laughs> Yeah. So I got my road bike, my time trial bike, this mountain bike I bought for my kids, but I use it too. I have yeah. Yeah. two gravel bikes um, in the garage and another mountain bike. I got my husband's bike. I got a, <laughs> anyways, you see what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So that's what blew me away too. The average was three. Really? It blew you away? Like how many bikes do you have? I have six. Yeah. Okay. So <laughs> I guess maybe because I, I don't know. Maybe, again, I kind of live in my little bubble there, and I used to be one of those guys that would get a new bike every year, much to my uh, wife's chagrin, right? But uh, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, because I need it. <laughs> I need a new bike, and then I need new wheels, and yes. I need a new this. <laughs> yeah, I used to be able to hide the receipts. Nah, not anymore. Yeah, like, right. Uh, it's good that she got a nice bike herself. So yeah. That's yeah, that's right. <laughs> But yeah, it, it blew me away that people um, have so many. So it's interesting. I haven't updated our stats yet, but our, um, at last count, I think we have about a, a, a 6%, 6% of our customers are repeat customers. And um, they buy two, three. Actually, we sort of have our own sort of a, um, inside leaderboard. And one of our, our customers in, in, he's based out of Chamfery, Switzerland. He's got five. He's got five switch grades. And another one of our customers in New York has four. Many. So, so do all these people have them on all their different types of bikes? Yes. yes. Yeah. So it's like a road bike to a gravel bike to a time trial bike to a mountain bike to a, a touring bike. Yeah. Exactly. Wow. The, you know, as much as, as um, and it, I look back now and it's, it was foolhardy of me not to realize the benefits for women, but the other segment that really woke me up was um, applications for e-bikes. And again, maybe it's because I, I don't have an e-bike yet. Uh, <laughs> I know, I, we all say that. Threatening don't my have one yet. <laughs> getting older. <laughs> At first, it didn't occur to me why somebody would want to switch grade for uh, an e-bike. And it wasn't until um, uh, there was a, a UK-based pro rider, uh, downhiller of all things, and he reached out and said, uh, I could envision this for uh, e-bikes. And I was like, oh, can you explain why? I, I, I don't understand. Uh, because I thought the whole thing about e-bikes was pedal-assisted power, and it's mm -hmm. easy uphill why do you need switch grade i mean i'd be happy to sell you one but i just <laughs> like, and and then he explained and it makes perfect sense with an e-bike you can access even steeper pitches that a, a regular non-e-bike mm. you know, motorized bike can access and so even more do they they need a a more stable seated platform so it's like oh wow that makes okay, sense. so Noel, I'm going to put you on to something else. So 
Um, they are called walking bikes and they could use these too. Therefore, yeah. So write this down. It's a linker and she's from Vancouver. Actually, okay. her knee is B linker. So B E L I N K E R. Um, so a linker, so a linker walking bikes. These bikes are for individuals who are coming back into uh, rehab, um, are um, um, getting them out of the wheelchair. Um, If they have the use of their legs, they can get on a bike and they paddle around and then they stop and rest Mm. and they paddle around. And, um, you know, she's also creating a bike that is uh, for... um, heavier set people so going into like you know diabetics who are want to lose weight and get out and walk but their ankles are sore so hold on for a second very cool i'm gonna have to look that up oh just when you're getting into a good conversation eh? hey there you go there you go (laughs) okay i am just like excellent and crossing my fingers that nothing happened to that recording previous so the a linker i don't know if you've um I get a chance to look it up but now you you really capture my interest there so a walking bike yeah it's a walking bike i'll show you because um oh wow yeah yeah I yeah and honestly my crotch hurt on that thing so i was just like you know this could be something that um could be added to her um to her product yeah uh here this is what it looks like oh very cool was that on kickstarter or no 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 uh she's um yeah uh no she's well into she took four years to prototype it and get it started and then i was just thinking because i remember um I did a, um, so I was like really, I'm so excited about it when I came across her and I did her interview uh, and I've interviewed people who are using it, like um, people who have MS, Mm -hmm. um, like seniors and people are like, oh, I don't need that now. But like a lot of people who are just would like to get on bikes, but are instable and it just, it's really great for balance. Um, I did a five, a little 2K yeah. with um, uh, a race and I was like, and it's, you know, because you only get the seat up and down. Yes. I'm yeah. like, wouldn't it be great to have a little angle on that thing? Interesting. Interesting. I'm so glad that you see. So this is what I'm talking about. Yeah. I, it's a constant state of discovery. Like uh, uh-huh. that. And again, this is crazy because I'm a bike nerd and I consume everything bikes. And I'd never heard of this until you just mentioned it. I never. So now I got to go look that up. Um, yeah. But on that topic, you know, the other, again, again, going back to that theme of discovery, uh, our customers also shine the light on the um, capability or the applicability for the switch grade on, on um, uh, spin classes. Because a lot oh of- my god yeah to- because you know um i used to teach a lot of spin classes oh yeah 
and I, I used to and I used to adjust those saddles, <laughs> you know, the be balanced level and yeah. and um and yeah, you can actually de depending on a spin class, you can bring your whole saddle contraption in depending on the spin bike right. and switch it up with what's there. So then you can actually have your own bike saddle in your class. Okay. So or Pelotons. Yeah. Yeah. So this is our, you know, again, uh, we, we are always trying to, to make sure we <laughs> before we run, but these are all things that we've cataloged as, as yeah. investigate for sure. But yeah, like I said, you know, we're, we're, my wife and I, this is essentially our baby and uh, we're, we're just soaking it all up and uh, yeah, just kind of taking notes as we go along. I know, uh, eh? You're going to have to pick which ones you want to target every year. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. things like for the next 10 years you can uh, be working on. But uh, yeah, there's no, um, cycling is such depth of so many things, right? Yeah. We just came back. Um, we were uh, in Frankfurt, Germany last month, or actually uh, July, sorry, for Eurobike. I'm not sure if you've heard Yeah, that. yeah gigantic uh, trade show and this was their first year in Frankfurt and um, yeah we were just stunned by the the magnitude of this event it was just ginormous uh, so we were there on invite uh, and um, and again I was just blown away by the technology I, I always think I do a pretty good job of staying on top of things impossible it, it's impossible <laughs> the creativity that people have um, towards the sport is just phenomenal. The amount of innovation that we saw was just, it was inspiring, it was pretty cool. Have, really. you, can, have you considered a 3D printer? Yeah, we actually do use that for our rapid prototyping, yeah. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, otherwise it would take like a long time. So yeah, we use 3D printer to, in order to, to understand the shapes and yeah. make sure that uh, like, especially it, where it came in handy is uh, trying to figure out, because like I mentioned, like this one here is a um, uh, type two. So this one works with the um, RockShox Reverb, X-Fusion, um, the SDG, SDG, no, I can't remember. Um, there's about 10 or 15 different ones it works with. Uh, but again, trying to make these as compatible with so many different seat posts. How Rapid many seat posts out there? Like there, there are tons. So, really, eh? Wow. So in some cases, some of the brands have uh, white labeled. Uh, there's only there's a few manufacturers based out of Taiwan that will make house branded, uh, basically private branded seat posts. Right. So a handful of great companies that make their own stuff like like the guys at bike yoke make probably arguably in my opinion one of the best seat posts uh, dropper seat posts out there the okay. reba is, is just a phenomenal seat post right but there's a lot it's dizzying how many varieties there are right and what we did was we cataloged all of the most popular ones and we chose the lowest common denominator and and we injected that that data into the creation of the switch grade so that it could work with as many of the the top posts as possible but but you know even then it's it's impossible to know all the all the different ones right and then, as you mentioned 
Uh, and one thing I should mention too is, is we've designed this thing to work with seven millimeter tubular rails, but um, oh, a version that will work with carbon. Never seven. even thought about that. Yeah, because there's we have got a lot of customers that have like seven by nine, seven by ten. Oh. So those are again, these are just the the things that we're looking. You're like, at. what? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, you know, our guys are very forthcoming and they're the ones that are sharing like every day you have no idea i'll get an email my email just gets bombarded with like hey does it work with this saddle does it work with the sea post i have this bike will it work and, oh, do you have something on your website you can just refer everybody to yeah yeah there's uh, we have um, our full list of at least our known compatible seat posts the saddles unfortunately because there's literally hundreds and probably thousands, I don't even know, but it's impossible to, to have a list of all the compatible saddles. Um, there's just too many, but, um, but generally speaking, we've made this thing designed so that it still allows for, you know how each saddle allows for some compliance? Yeah. So has some room that's pretty low profile. Uh, and then the other standard thing is again, yeah, this just the spacing between the two rails and also the diameter of the rail rails themselves. Right. Your eyes. So, yeah. Wow. That's intense information. <laughs> oh my God. Can I, can I uh, demo one there, uh, Noel? <laughs> yeah. <my> wife. <laughs> I, I can definitely help you with that. So. I would love to demo and talk about it on women's forums because. Love to. Um, love to. On a few now that I'm back in mountain biking and uh, gravel is massive. Is it is it huge in your area? Well, I not in my area so much, but um, it's getting bigger. But I follow a lot of women in the states. Mm, yeah, and just across the border is like there's a gravel race every weekend. It seems yeah. yes. somewhere. Um, I've attended a couple in the States, um, and they're just like out of this world. Um, and I've attended a couple here and it's just, it's, um, you know, some are different and, you know, some are festivals and it's, uh, yeah, like you can get a tent at one of those, like, that'd be great too, you know? Yeah. Yeah. We definitely have plans to do so. Again, once we start getting something that's more refined for that yeah. market, because, you know, you're right. Like, uh, again, I, I'm just still sort of new to that scene. I'm yeah. slowly sinking my teeth into it. But but even here, you can observe it's, it's huge. It's growing. Mm -hmm. Well, so. it just stems into like touring and bike packing and, you oh. know, because it's kind of like the same bike. Maybe even cyclocross, you can cross over into that too with those bikes. Um, yeah. but yeah, gravel riding and gravel events are just everywhere. They're big. Yeah. yeah. Like I would thought that that would be as big in your neck of the woods. Maybe it's more mountain biking out, out where you are, but. Yeah. I, I have friends that ride multiple disciplines. I'm, I yeah. to, I'm a bit myopic that way in that I, I just have a downhill bike. Actually, I just sold my downhill bike, but I'm more of that variety. Yeah. But, um, Plus, you know, the, the spacing in our house dictates <laughs> the ability to get the what? Two that, Is that why you sold one? <laughs> I need to produce my products, so I need the bike space. Oh, 
Don't tell my wife. That's the whole plan. Oh, I'm sure I, she'll be happy. <laughs> I've, been, I've been itching to get a gravel bike because I see like some of my buddies and and they're going for these epic rides. Yeah. Epic terrain. places. Yeah. And, and you know, I love mm -hmm. it. So I'm looking into that. I, I can't wait to get into that sport. You know? Yeah. So I found like um, now that I'm doing three mm -hmm. disciplines, it was always just mount, uh, road and then moved into gravel and then I got back into my mountain biking. So it is kind of nice being able to, especially I'm fortunate like you to have a place that I don't have to go very far to get on any one of these bikes. Yeah. So it makes it nice. So I can choose, okay, today I'm going to go mountain biking tomorrow. I'm going to go gravel riding and then I'm going to get back onto a flat surface on my road bike and appreciate smooth. <laughs> a smooth ride so i'm like oh <laughs> and that's that's kind of been my summer so yeah. it's been really it's been really cool to be able to dive into just you know picking and choosing what i want to do so oh, awesome. yeah and then finding different groups you got different groups to all through them so yeah yeah, yeah. so it seems like you've got your hands full and the list long as to who you're <laughs> what you're gonna do but i am really really excited that you're able to share everything with us on the podcast because i would love to talk to you in a year <laughs> you'll be sitting in your big industrial building <laughs> um creating all these uh c posts but tell us noel where everybody can find you and follow the progress sure and, yes. and maybe buy some yeah um we have um our website which is where you can find a wealth of information and you can just find us at www.anomaly.com it's a very unconventional spelling you can see there's an a and an e n-o-m-a-l-y uh dot com or constructs right anomalyconstructs.com all right and so pretty active on our instagram page uh, so you can follow us there too, but uh, there, uh, and also sign up if you, if you can go up on our website and sign up for our newsletter. And uh, I, I haven't had a chance to, because we've been so busy, but I, I try to keep a, a fairly regular newsletter. It's been a long time, I, I know, but, <laughs> but I try to give people our community uh, an update on where things are at. And, right. And, uh, you know, with Anomaly, Switchgrade is our first product, but we really wanted this brand to be only about uh, introducing uh, groundbreaking innovations, things that the, the cycling community hasn't seen yet. That was that was sort of our, our blue ocean strategy so that we didn't. Oh, have to... blue ocean. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, you know, it's, it's uh, such a competitive industry and yeah. you know, we figured, you know, we didn't want to come in with just yet another another stem or another handlebar we figured we'll shake things up with stuff that people haven't seen before so it's risky but so far it seems to be working i uh, know i think there's a, like you said there's a, a big need for it and uh your biggest audience might be women uh yeah. <laughs> i cannot tell you how many conversations we have about lady parts oh yeah it's astonishing <laughs> I, I if you can create the the product that'll alleviate all of that you might just be god <laughs> okay. Okay. we got our work cut out for us then yes yeah because more and more women are getting into cycling and buying bikes and yeah uh yes. yeah 
Yeah, it is. It is huge here, actually. The amount of female mountain bike, it's fantastic to see. Mm-hmm. It, it's seen here in Squamish, North Vancouver, uh, and, and they're absolute rippers. I don't know if you've been following um, like the free ride events, but but there are some absolute uh, incredible female riders like Anna Bergman. Um, oh, geez, just look at all the, the latest uh, UCI World Cup downhill races. Oh, yeah, yeah. The amount of progression that they're, they're pushing the sport is just inspiring. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, with that, everyone, I hope as an audience, you guys have loved this episode. Love to hear from you uh, on our YouTube channel or Instagram page. And also don't forget to share it with your fellow cyclists because odds are you have somebody who's suffering in silence when they go riding. Right? The silence, suffering, (sighs) not another rock. Kilometer right. <laughs> in pain. So thank you so much, Noel. It's been Thanks amazing. I am super excited to if you're if we're gonna, if we're gonna you send me something to demo, I will yep. demo it to death on all bikes. Okay. Yeah, um and uh yeah, and just make sure you follow, follow along, put on your notifications, and we'll see you on another episode. Thanks a lot, everybody. Thanks a lot, Noel. Thanks, Sylvie. Thanks, guys. Hey friends, thank you for enjoying this podcast episode. I'd love to invite you to visit our new and exciting page on buymeacoffee.com backslash secret saddle pod to check out some cool downloadables. And if you are so inclined to supporting the podcast with the purchase of a coffee would be greatly appreciated in helping keep the podcast going. Also, Providing a separate rating and review on your favorite platform with any thoughts about the podcast are hugely helpful and appreciated. Thank you so much and have yourself an amazing day. Thank you so much for spending this time with me on the Secrets from the Saddle podcast. Learning more about sighting people, places and things that make cycling such an exciting sport. I am so glad you stopped by today. Please leave me a review if you feel so moved to do so. I would love to hear your feedback. And if you could take one second to share this episode with someone you think would enjoy it, I would be forever grateful. Also, if you could please leave me a review if you feel so moved by going to iTunes and leaving me an honest thought and an honest comment telling me what you think, and most importantly, tell me what you'd like to hear more of. It would really help me to bring more great, inspiring cycling stories to you. Until then, have an amazing day. Make sure you ride your bike. And don't forget to visit my YouTube channel if you'd like to see the full version of this podcast live.